Yep. Yep, 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 yep. Yep, yep. Yep, yep. That's actually a thing. The yip yips. The yips. Did you? Did you we talked about I this. I know we did. <laughs> just fucking. <you. laughs> Wasn't that from Seinfeld? The yips. Maybe. I gotta rewatch Seinfeld. It's been so long that I'm forgetting references. You need more beverages over there. You've got wine. I've got four. I have four beverages. Well, this is like a quarter bottle of wine. So that's fair. We'll be done this by the end. (laughs) Country, country music. All right. So what are we talking about today? (laughs) Well... I honestly thought you were um, you were reviewing an album earlier. <laughs> When's that? <laughs> you're, like, you're like, I wouldn't buy this. Oh, when you gave me that beer? <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't buy this. I wouldn't order it. But I'll finish it. It doesn't suck. <laughs> I was like, what album? Are you? I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> and then you're like, there's a half-finished stout in the fridge from a week ago that I used for cooking. <laughs> I was like, oh, you're talking about the beer. Yeah, I won't finish that <laughs> beer. It's still in the fridge. You should pour it out. <laughs> that's that could be like a very <laughs> fair but honest album review though right you're like you know i wouldn't I buy wouldn't this. order it I wouldn't order it but it doesn't suck <laughs> i wouldn't turn off the radio yeah like i'll finish it yeah <laughs> finish listening to it <laughs> it's true <laughs> yeah i uh did not think of that <laughs> that was interesting um, take on my beer review comment <laughs> well you know uh speaking of music reviews album well i guess it's not an album but uh a single review that does not suck uh something that i played for you just as you walked in um jenny lee are you familiar with her not overly i mean i think maybe in the background a little bit of like our social media because you're running we talked about yeah i think we talked about her briefly um she she was in the movie uh the lifetime movie of patsy and loretta right okay yeah Yeah. she played jan howard in that yes and so uh she has a song out now called old oak tree which is really awesome i've given it about five or six listens in the last two hours we're recording this on what is american thanksgiving and uh i don't know a lot of stuff happening today in the u.s thanksgiving related you're probably all asleep by now (laughs) (laughs) yeah so this this is probably going to be posted uh next week but it is american thanksgiving in america and uh i guess today was the day uh jenny lee decided to uh publish this song put it out drop it as the kids say and I really, really like this tune. Um, seems like a really cool chick as well, too. Her Insta bio is Nashville artist restoring the country music narrative. You deserve more than just beer and truck songs. That's a good bio. I like, like that. Fuck yeah. It's well written. Like this song is well written. This song is so well written. That and floored me as I came in here. Like you just put it on and as I was just doing my regular like sitting on the floor cuddling like, with your dog. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Having your meeting with our executive producer. Yeah, Merle. Yeah. I was um, just like, don't say anything. Don't ask any questions. Just listen to this. And for me, like I obviously loving 
real country music and particularly impressed when new stuff comes out that's really great particularly when it's i just said particularly twice it's the worst but particularly <laughs> you're when you're being a little too particular about <laughs> your choice of using particularly but w- particularly when it's something that's like slightly more in a mainstream vein like we can find lots of really cool underground shit but like when something slightly more mainstream that has like a radio sensibility to it comes out that's country country definitely like raises your ears you get kind of like that little dog like head cock and ear raise and uh, that definitely happened with, to me today with this song and particularly struck home for me because I'm a woodworker myself. And this song is all about, uh, it's written from the perspective of a table or from a, a, a tree that became a table. And uh, like this table we're sitting at right now, I built this like nine years ago or so and like the things it's seen like the tree that it was it went like this really hit me man this is like this is how country music makes you feel like i'm laughing because i went right to a dirty place about what this table seen but i know what you mean i know what you're saying the song even on its first listen i i kind of felt i got the feels from that song so yeah like when she's talking about how like it could have went down in a storm or uh, hit by lightning or burnt up in a wildfire like that's what the history of this this table is um, in Eastern Ontario, like all of Eastern Canada. I think it was like in ninety nine or two thousand and one. Before I got to Ottawa, there was this huge uh, ice storm that like knocked out power for like a week in the whole area, and like some people died. Like they they were out of heat, and it, it was crazy. And so this giant pine had went down, and I ended up buying pieces slabs like these big four inch slabs from. Uh, farmer that a buddy uh, knows that had been stacked up there for so long and it ended up becoming this table and all the things it's seen and like the way she's essentially uh, rhyming off the different things that could have happened to this tree and how it lives on as this table uh, is pretty cool she's got a couple cute little choice lines in there talking about uh, how it has two chairs pulled up to me with a rigged up dixie cup dandelion centerpiece uh, talking about how it's heard uh, the late night talks, the birds and the bees. Yeah, I've heard it all. And I really like this line. I'm where they break bread, say grace, and honey past the peas. Four strong legs and a coat of mahogany. Pretty good for an old oak tree. Yeah. It's a good song. Yeah. It's very well written. I like it a lot. Yeah, me too. Got to check out. I still haven't watched that uh, Patsy, Patsy and Loretto movie. So, Yeah, we do need to check that out. I've, I haven't really heard much except for around when it came out. I didn't really hear much what people said about it. If it was awesome, if it was terrible, I have no idea. So we should, uh, I don't know how we would come across a lifetime movie though. (laughs) Yeah. Neither of us have cable. (laughs) We only too new age. I don't need, we don't even know anybody who has cable. We encountered this. We were trying to find something the other night, uh, that we wanted to watch that was only on cable and we couldn't find it streaming. And then we got to the point where we started calling people and yeah, we, we couldn't even call. So like we called a bunch of people and everyone's like, no, we have like four (laughs) different streaming services between the two of us. I know. No access to certain things. It's crazy. Oh, it's weak. Uh, We need to up our streaming game in Canada, I think though, but that's, mm-hmm. uh, that's a whole different, that's for our, uh, it's for the NAFTA negotiations happening right now. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. It's for our NAFTA negotiations podcast. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> if we did as many podcasts as we jokingly say, mm-hmm. we wouldn't have jobs or lives. That's true. 
there was a farming podcast. There's now the NAFTA negotiations podcast. Right. There was a wine podcast. Oh, that will else? still probably happen. <laughs> um, that'll still probably happen next time Del Barber comes back. I think, yeah, you could have him as your co-host. Exactly. When he saw when he saw the cellar downstairs, <laughs> I derailed things a little bit. That picture you posted him was like the look on his face was amazing. <laughs> he looks like a kid in some kind of store. <laughs> Boom. I feel like there's pressure now to get these Simpsons rep- references out of the way. Yet they come so effortlessly. It's <laughs> true. It's true. <laughs> so speaking of uh, new female artists that we've come across, uh, I came across one this week too. Um, the band name is Karen and the Sorrows. I came across the album on Twitter, which I've been trying to, you know, up our game a little bit on, mm-hmm. which is country underscore podcast. I think we're up to 40 followers now. So 50. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> ah. well done. <laughs> I'm trying. So anyways, I came across this and it was really the album cover I found that caught my eye. It's like a beautifully done, like painted portrait uh, with all sorts of really cool details and lots to take in. And uh, it was shared by an account that we often communicate with on various social medias uh, called Country Queer, uh, who in their words of their website is they're bringing the goods to the LGB- LGBTQ country music family. And I just want to give them a quick shout out just because they're super cool and they've got a lot of good content on their website and go check them out. So uh, uh, Karen and the Sorrows is fronted by Karen Pittleman and she is actually an author. She's got two books out there. Um, one was called How to Stop Hiding Your Privilege and Use It for Social Change and Creating Change Through Family Philanthropy. Those are the two books. I didn't do I'm much of a space. very glad that's not her album title. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> but yeah. Good she... book title. Bad <laughs> album title. <laughs> and yeah, I'm quoting this just from uh, her bio that I found, but she's also a singer-songwriter for the queer country band Karen and the Sorrows and her most recent album, Guaranteed Broken Heart, which is what I shared with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been featured in Rolling Stone, AV Club, No Depression. And one of the good quotes I found about her album was, like Graham Parsons, uh, Pittleman peels away the superficiality that much of country music has embraced and looks deep into its soul, its history, and its stories and makes it all her own. Uh, you do not want to miss this album. And there was a really cool accompanying uh, article to this this album when, when uh, Country Queer put this out on uh, Twitter, when they put this out there with the article that was written about it. And uh, I'm just trying to find the, uh, the name of the article here because it was pretty funny. It was uh, Queer Authenticity, Carvaggio and the Lesbian Witches of Karen and the Sorrows. <laughs> <laughs> so I see this, I'm like... You can't not click on that. No, right? It's the ultimate <laughs> clickbait. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I, I, I got to read this. So I threw the album Who on. Who scrolls past that? No, no, mm, I don't know anybody nope. in the world that would. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I threw the album on and decided to give the article a read. And then immediately I kind of had to stop reading the article because I was so floored by the album. What was the title again? <laughs> it was uh, Queer Authenticity... Carvaggio and the Lesbian Witches of Karen and the Sorrows. <laughs> nice. I'll explain these points nice. briefly so we understand. Okay. I'm not going to read the whole article, but um, yeah, kind of so, like the mystery of it. <laughs> you don't just leave it at that. No, no, no. Tell us. Um, yeah, so uh, like I said, I, I know the album Carvaggio on. fits into this. <laughs> I put the album on, then I, I kind of had to stop reading the article because normally I can listen to music while reading. I could read a novel. I can even whatever. It doesn't matter. Oh, not me. me. But as long as it's music, I guess, that I kind of know or that I'm not super actively listening to. Right. And I thought I could do both at this point, but I couldn't because I really needed to stop and give it a proper listen 
you know, taking in the music, taking in the lyrics, and it, it's such a good country album. So I encourage everyone to, to go get this album uh, by Karen and the Soros. It's called Guaranteed a Broken Heart. So uh, I gave most of the album a listen, just kind of sitting there and having a beer and doing some other stuff, just not reading. Uh, and then eventually, though, I had to come back to this article because <laughs> this it was just too enticing not to come back to. And uh, so I'll take you guys through some key excerpts from it um but i encourage everyone to also go to uh, country queer and read the whole um the whole article as well because there's a lot get in there. to the carvaggio <laughs> <laughs> okay so the carvaggio thing is did you i don't know i asked you to listen to the song but i, I wanted you to not delve into it too much I didn't so, did you see the album anything. cover i saw the album cover okay i not it was on the spotify thing you sent me yeah fair enough so that's where uh the carvaggio thing comes in is because it's kind of the artwork of um the artist who did the, I'm trying to find her name, uh, Amanda Kirkhoff. Uh, she's the one who painted this. And she's... Inspired by Carvaggio? Yeah, she's admittedly, like, says some of her paintings are, are a bit inspired by Carvaggio. And they go on... A not Baroque gonna, era fan? I, yeah, I, I guess. And I guess if people don't understand who Carvaggio is, he was he's Italian, right? Yeah, uh, Italian like, painter from, like, the what, 1500s. 1500s, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, we're not going to get that. We'll save that for the art podcast, the 15th century art podcast. Art, art podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so they go on to talk about a lot of the imagery on the cover. Um, no, like, like this is art, art. <laughs> <laughs> you know, art, but art, art. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I won't get uh, too much into the imagery of it. I, I kind of want to just go back um, to the album. But yeah, look into it because within the artwork of the album, there's woven a lot of elements of, um, I guess, queer history, things that I didn't know a lot about. So it made for a really interesting read on uh, the album cover. But uh, I'm jumping around a little bit here, but um, I'll I'll get back to just the album specifically. So the album Guaranteed a Broken Heart, um, and this is me quoting again from from this article, a few of the lyrics are explicitly queer, sorry, few of the lyrics are explicitly queer. Instead, Piddleman firmly uh, centered on the album's queerness in its most public-facing aspects. The album's cover and the three music videos that have been released for the song, Guaranteed Broken Heart and Why Won't You Come Back to Me. So um, if you've watched the... If you, I guess you didn't watch the videos because I didn't tell you to, but nope. uh, they're also really well-done videos, so go check out both those songs. And uh, then they go on to talk a little bit about... Uh, so this is from the author of uh, the article. She says, if you're reading this, you already know that astrology and witchcraft have made a resurgence in millennial and Gen Z <laughs> queer culture. Um the author uh, ascribes it uh, as a form of separatism. A witch's cafe across the street from here just closed down. It closed down already? Yeah. That was there for, what, six months? Maybe less. It's called the Witch's Thicket Cafe. Yeah, I saw that. It looked <laughs> pretty cool saw the sign go up, I was like, oh, I give this like a year tops. That corner is the curse of death. Though. Oh, it is. That's yeah. just not a good location. Yeah, all the gangsters in there before. and. <laughs> Um, so murders happen on my street. <laughs> so where they came across, uh, the, in one of the videos, there is a bit like a witchcraft uh, theme going on, kind of casting a spell sort of thing. And then the author of the article is actually discussing some of this with the former bass player of the band, who I assume is still has something to do with the band and some or is still friendly, whatever. She's an assistant professor of gender, uh, uh, women's and sexuality studies. My old stomping grounds. Yeah, it kind of is, eh? So I thought you might find some of this interesting. 
Well, I was um, wondering what the queer history that was woven into it was because I didn't really pay attention to Like I was listening to it, but I think I was at the gym for most of it and driving for some of it. So like I, I was getting the vibe of it, picking up some of the lyrics, but I wasn't sitting down giving it a really intuitive listen. Yeah, I mean, that song I sent you, I, I don't think... It, as as the article kind of said, it wasn't really woven too much into the lyrics of any of the songs. It was more uh, imagery and, and outright, like the video right. and stuff like that, um, which I think is what makes it pretty like straight ahead country. Right. But the imagery is still there yep. outside of that. And then, you know, the, the quote uh, was uh, one of the things that's interesting to me about witchcraft and queers is that it can be a way of claiming alternative forms of agency and powers to act upon the world mm-hmm. uh, upon us. And then uh, it says uh, what I was quoting before from the article where, uh, and sorry, yeah, the same um, assistant professor says, we're actually bombarded with more and more and more public visibility around LGBTQ issues in uh really mainstreaming and normalizing ways uh gay public representation has honestly become so boring uh it's like uh i'm not like those white picket fence gays so (laughs) it kind of you know it it talks about how that's why like witchcraft and things like that have become uh i I guess more main not mainstream because i guess exactly what they're trying to do the opposite of but it's more prevalent um within uh, she was saying Gen Z queer culture. Right. But anyways. Also, also, I just want to side note, because it might be misinterpreted what I said earlier. When I said, oh, my old stomping grounds, it's because <laughs> my undergraduate degree was women's studies. And that goes, crosses over into, I think they actually call it gender studies now. So all of like colonialism, race theory, uh feminism gender studies everything kind of all gets looped in and this doesn't come up much in everyday conversations let alone country music conversations so that was kind of a yeah that's and uh, it's probably a good clarification to make because yeah because i wasn't sure was like, <laughs> some white dude saying that all these <laughs> queer and female things are his old stomping grounds like no no sorry let me clarify that uh, yeah because i don't know we've, we've talked about your educational background i know it's been mentioned before but yeah if you're not uh super in deep on this podcast you might not know andrew's background but um so i was actually uh speaking well not speaking with but i was talking with karen a little bit um from this uh band on instagram oh cool Uh, i had posted a little bit and then uh, i had just kind of asked her i was like you know we're going to talk about you a little bit on the podcast and you know was there anything you wanted us to you know shout out to our to our listeners and she wanted to let us know that she's doing a guest dj spot on and this is new to me it's called gimme country um oh yeah and this is what i threw to you today so she's she's doing this guest spot on gimme country uh friday at 3 p.m eastern standard time and that led me to like look tomorrow up, friday yeah tomorrow friday which will have passed by the time we post oh this. that's that's totally right. Okay, yeah. well, here's your shout out anyways. <laughs> Sorry. But anyways, go check out this Gimme Country thing. It's a uh, it's a online radio station. You can Will she have it as a podcast or something? Uh it'll you the old arc uh, the old episodes are archived. So okay, you can go cool. back and listen yeah. to it. Great. But yeah, you can download this Gimme Country thing as an app and it's really cool. It'll link to your Spotify. It's got some cool guest DJs like Joshua Headley's on there. Um hmm. who else was on there? There's some really cool cool artists on there. And uh yeah, if you like tracks, you can just click like, and it'll add it to like a Spotify playlist. And uh, it's—I was listening to it quite a bit today, and there's 
some real good banter in between, like very educated. We like, like good banter. Yeah, and it's not um, like there, there's no new country to be found on there. Um, like quote new country. Oh, right, it's, right. it's all I would say country country. And, but uh, is some of it new? Yeah, oh, yeah, hundred okay. percent. It's not right. like it's just it's just doing. It's not a classic country show. No, and I'm just kind of whoa. Oh, see, some Willie was playing as soon as I turned it on. <laughs> on the oh, that's the yeah. I was just trying to look. That's at the Gimme Country of, coming off your phone. Yeah. Huh. So, uh, Brandy was that not the song that we had on the last episode about the players? The yeah. Willie, like the, that was this showcasing was, the piano from uh, John Hobbs. N- this is my way. Oh, I think it was a different song. Okay, but sorry, I just want yeah. Uh, Brandy Clark has a show. Dallas Moore. Brandy Clark. Yeah. Chuck Prophet. Man, I love Brandy Clark. And I was actually going to mention something about her today. Can't believe you brought that up. Jesse Dayton has a show. Okay, fine. Let's segue. Is this the segue? Yeah, Are you done? Segue it up. So slight little admission from a couple months back. When I first heard of the High Women, I got really excited when I saw Brandy Carlisle, who I also like and have known. But for some reason, at first, in my mind, I messed it up and I thought it was Brandy Clark. And I was like, <laughs> fuck yeah, like, I love Brandy Clark. And like, what a great group of people. And then I found out it was Brandy Carlisle. I was like, oh yeah, that's cool too. But like, she, she's amazing. And she also ha- like has a wine. So I feel like I would have some really interesting, she should be a guest on here. That'd be kind of out of our reach actually but, uh, wine and country oh yeah like her and del barber we could just like talk about <laughs> wine and country music the whole time um i'd just pet your dog yeah <laughs> <laughs> refill our glasses um but i i had noticed her on uh brandy carlisle's instagram and the two of them together something about the brandies and i was like oh man like she should totally join the high women she's such a great singer and has such a like a shit ton of great, great songs. Like, I, do, do you know her at all? Not enough to speak intelligently about her. So you would probably you you would know a whole bunch of the songs she's yeah. written that other people have covered. Like uh, things that or where is it? Um, Mama's Broken Heart by Miranda Lambert that was a big hit. Um, the band Perry's uh, You Better Dig Two. Casey Musgraves Follow Your Arrow. Um, she was a co-writer on that song. I think Shane McAnally and Casey Musgraves as well as herself. Um, and then all kinds of tunes for, um, Gretchen Wilson, Craig Morgan. Oh, you know, songs about trucks, Wade Mm -hmm. Bowen. Yeah. Love that song. She wrote it or was a writer on it. Um, you have biscuits by, uh, by Casey Musgraves as well. I like that song too. Yeah. And a bunch of stuff for Jennifer Nettles. Who, side note, have you heard of the... We're just going from segue to segue. <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna come back into this. Keep track, everybody. But have you... You uh, better be writing this down. Yeah. Have you seen the previews or watched any of the show of uh, The Righteous Gemstones? No. Okay, so it's a new HBO show. It's, it's still in the first season, and it has John Goodman as, like, the patriarch of this um, southern, uh, like, evangelical preaching family. They have like their own series of churches and everything like that, like with private jets and everything. And uh, I, I haven't seen what the exact scenario is. Just saw some of the YouTube videos with her singing. But Jennifer Nettles is part of that family. And she like this is like very like mid-late 1980s, like big glasses, big hair, 
um, and, and she does a lot of performing, like singing and dancing in, in this church type setting. Uh, it was pretty cool. Seemed, seemed like a cool 80s throwback. Definitely going to have to check that out. So this just came out? Yeah, it's in its first season. I just I, I saw something come across um, like some YouTube ads the other day and thought I'd check it out. Haven't actually dove into the show at all yet. Because um, it's probably on cable. It is. <laughs> HBO, exactly. <laughs> well, at least that you could stream if you really needed to. Yeah, it's true. We could just pay for the HBO, which we were doing for a while, but uh, I don't think we were getting enough out of it. Anyways, what was I saying? Oh, Brandy Clark. Oh, no. Anyways, she's just awesome. Um, but you should you should give her uh, give her stuff a listen. Well, I mean, I will. I'm hooked. I'm totally hooked on this Gimme Country app. I was listening to it all day, so I'll definitely be listening to her um, her show. So I guess yeah, I probably should give her more of a listen. Yeah, she d- she does a really good job of. Um, I, I guess Casey Musgraves was doing a similar thing for the first like Trailer Park record and everything, where uh, singing about kind of the the hard times of a more um, trailer park or downtrodden kind of life uh, she's got songs about like homecoming queens that were the shit when they were 17 and everybody wanted to be them but now they're like single moms like smoking a couple packs a day like just living on their former glory and nobody cares who they are anymore but so you said brandy clark wrote that's that follow your arrow songs off that album right uh, Follow Your Out is off of that uh, same trailer, different park yeah. record of Casey Musgraves. Sorry, I blended those two things, then segued over to songs <laughs> that are written by her. And, like talking about like guys that screwed her. I'm just uh, trying to connect screwed dots, her man. over. Yeah. <laughs> guys that screwed her over and uh, her writing songs about uh, just hoping that they have uh, foxy daughters so that uh, they can get screwed that same way that like boys screw them over and or not that boys screw them over but that they put them in the the daughters put that father in the position that i don't know what i'm saying <laughs> i don't you just wanna, listen you want to try that again <laughs> no no i'm just gonna <laughs> leave it at that but but listen you'll you'll see what i mean if you listen to the song uh, daughter by brandy clark okay i think i'll take can i take a stab at what i think you were saying yes please <laughs> Were you saying that like, you know, she was, she got screwed over by a guy when she was younger and she's hoping that she'll have a daughter that can screw over a guy the same way the guy screwed her over? No. Oh. Um, <laughs> she's hoping that the guy that screwed her over has a daughter. Oh. And that the, the line in the song is, I hope you have a daughter and she's a fox. Hold on. I'm going to find it. It's a really good. No, line. I got you now. So that he's going to experience what he put her through uh, with his own daughter. Yes, kind of, screwing over his own daughter. The the line goes, so I hope you have a daughter, and I hope that she's a fox. Daddy's little girl, just as sweet as she is hot. She can't help but love them boys, who love to love and leave them girls just like her father. Yeah, karma's a bitch, so I hope you have a daughter. A little savage, but it's a little bit mean to wish that upon his daughter. <laughs> well, I don't think it's really the daughter that's getting screwed over. Like, well, she totally is. Yeah, a little bit. We're dissecting this way more than it needs to be dissected. <laughs> when them boys <laughs> pick her up wearing cheap cologne, younger versions of yourself, so you'll know when they drive off what they're thinking. <laughs> you had some real good lines, and they will too. I bet you'll have to uh, come to Jesus when they're being used on your baby. 
and you'll want to kick their ass, but hey, pot, that kettle's black. I hope you have a daughter. That's good. Yeah. That line's good. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyways, enough about that. Enough about that. Um, does she want to talk about uh, that Stapleton thing we were talking about earlier about Tennessee whiskey? That, remember that song oh, I threw at yeah. you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, was it an Etta James song? Yeah, so I threw this this song at Andrew earlier this week, and this is kind of old news. So forgive us if you've heard about this. I feel like we're late to the like way late to the party on this, but I'd never encountered this, and uh, apparently neither had Andrew. But um, I thought it sounded different than the originals, but or the the other versions of it. But I I never connected 100%. it to anything else. Yeah, so um, I came across this on social media. Like a friend posted this thing where um, all these people were talking about. Uh, Chris Stapleton's song Tennessee Whiskey and saying like it was a lot of, of people posting these internet comments like hey yo have you seen like this at a James chick totally ripped off your song like just all these comments <laughs> like from just like entitled idiots like saying like claiming that some chick named Etta James was ripping <laughs> off Tennessee Whiskey blah 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 and I'm like well, that's not right. <laughs> well, so like, I, you know the stupidity of somebody like <laughs> yeah and I mean I guess that i mean if you're Does so even far make music anymore no well, i mean if you're so far removed from it then uh i guess i could understand not understanding who who not knowing who Etta james is but anyways so the point of this whole thing is that if you listen to an Etta james song called i'd rather go blind and then you listen to chris stapleton's version of tennessee whiskey they are well, identical yeah she died in 2012 i didn't even realize that yeah, well, I mean, that song came out in... Oh, 60, I know that's old school. Yeah, 67. Yeah. But when I just said, does she even make music anymore? Yeah, <laughs> I wasn't 100% sure if she was yeah. still alive or not either. But uh, to the point, these songs sound so similar that... And again, a little bit old news, but um, people did like YouTube tracks, like mashing up the two songs, comparing them from like a musical standpoint and you could just overlay his lyrics on top of so James's song. It's the same chord progression and the same key. 100%. Same timing. Mm. Interesting. Everything. Um, but but yeah, it was pretty funny. So uh, we dug... I, then I figured... Because people were getting... Even on my friend, my friend's post on this, a lot of people were trying to defend it and not really understanding what had happened because it was just you know it's facebook or something so people are just spouting out whatever they wanted to so being who we are i figured we'd take a, a little bit of a you know a look into what actually happened here because some people were like oh it was a nod to her song oh he acknowledged it blah blah, blah. and i'm like well i'm gonna research it myself and uh, did he acknowledge it no so so that's not a nod that's a poach 100 uh, percent. so if anyone doesn't know tennessee whiskey was written in 1981 by dean dylan and linda hargrove it was first recorded by david allen coe uh, then George Jones and Brad Paisley as well. I couldn't actually find that version for the life of me. But the point of this is that none of their arrangements sound anything like the Stapleton arrangement. They're pretty straight ahead country songs. Mm-hmm. And I, so saying that Willie sound, Nelson also recorded it, didn't he? I'm not sure. It's totally so. possible. Yeah, I thought so. But none of these versions sound, and I say they, they sound nothing like the Stapleton arrangement, but really they sound nothing like the Etta James song, I'd Rather Go Blind. Um, so this Etta James song was released in 1967. Um, it was written by someone named uh, Ellington Jordan and co-credited it to Billy Foster and Etta James. So she had uh, a hand in writing it as well. So what I wanted to really... Yeah, Willie did it for sure. 
so yeah, I, I'm sure that we should listen to that version too. I'm sure it's Slight, more akin than, to yeah. that. Yeah. So when I started doing some digging, most of what I was finding was like just blogs and random people arguing on the internet as you would normally find. And this is where I started running into all this like, oh, it was just, it was a nod to it. It was a throwback, blah, blah, blah. And I didn't believe it because nobody was providing any proof. So I kept digging and digging and digging. And then I found an interview uh, with Stapleton from uh, Fader Magazine. Uh, and this is, I'm quoting it here now. He says, it's always been a favorite. What is Fader Magazine? I have no idea. Hmm. <laughs> it's a mag- magazine called Fader. <laughs> it involves a... Uh, it's they get really in depth on the faders on the, the cross faders the cross faders yeah they're, they're it's really for a DJ subculture yeah <laughs> but somehow they got Stapleton to come in and do an interview um, so Stapleton says uh, we're joking about this I'm sure Fader is a reputable magazine uh, he he says it's always been a favorite song of mine and he's referring to Tennessee whiskey uh, we had a show in Charlottesville Virginia and we were sound checking waiting around for the mics to get set up me and the guys in the band started playing a little bit and got into that groove so I started thinking man. What song could I sing over top of this? For whatever reason, I started singing Tennessee Whiskey. At the time, we had a steel player by the name of Steve Hinson who used to play with George Jones on the road, and maybe that was part of the equation. But we decided to do that song uh, that night and every night since. By the time we got into the studio, it was something we all enjoyed playing. It's part of the fabric of things that influenced me over the years. So, you know, I'm not going to... I really like Chris Stapleton, and I'm going to give him sort of the benefit of the doubt here, and who knows what the real story is behind this. Um, my take on it, and Andrew, you can give your opinion too, but I feel like it's maybe one of those, it's an uh, it's an unintentional ripoff. Like probably someone in the band had... It's to... unintentional, it's not a ripoff. Okay, well, you understand what yeah, I'm saying, it's right? coincidence. Coincidental. So Could I think... be something that's like ingrained in his subconscious and he just kind you, of... You just said my next line. <laughs> like it, I, maybe Maybe somebody in the band was subconsciously... Uh, he had that groove stuck in his head. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody gets a song stuck in their head. I, I've done this, and I think we've all been there as musicians where sometimes you think you've come up with this amazing riff, and then maybe a day or an hour or a minute later, you're like, oh, shit, that's, I know that song. I know why this sounds so awesome, because it's not my song. Yeah, I just felt like I was going to start writing a song about this table <laughs> and the tree that it used to be. <laughs> yeah, man, you got this. <laughs> what an original idea. Shit. <laughs> But yeah, it really floored me. Go listen, everybody. Go listen to the Ida James song and uh, and give us your opinion on it. I, I think it's it's fairly obvious. And another weird thing, not weird, but I guess more or less obvious, was that um, like the Spotify and other music streaming service uh, algorithms kept basically driving people to the Etta James song after they listened to the Chris Stapleton song because I guess part of the, what the algorithms do is they link you up to like songs right songs that are very similar that they think you would like as well so it actually it it was like we talked about with the ken burns documentary where all these right uh, old artists started seeing this resurgence this set of james songs started getting super popular because it was getting linked up with the chris stapleton song it wasn't kathy matea getting like a huge amount of streams or sales or something yeah <laughs> big time after that documentary sweet what else you got um did you uh Wow, that's a tasty beer. Sorry. <laughs> that's a pretty good chug. I was taken a little bit of back by it. I've never had this beer. What is it? It is a Muskoka American uh, wheat ale, and it's called Equinox. And it's We got, have the uh, exact opposite taste in beers other than like PBR. <laughs> yeah, it's got vanilla, black cherry, 
and uh, yeah, it's a wheat, but it doesn't quite taste like a wheat. Hmm. Anyways, you'd you'd hate it. Yeah, <laughs> it sounds like it. <laughs> Although you did like that beer I gave you. I know. Earlier. I would have thought I hate that too. Enough to not pour it in the sink. Yeah, <laughs> or just let it sit half empty in the fridge, <laughs> waiting for the next thing to cook with it. That's a country song right there. You could write a song about your half empty beer. It's in the fridge? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And all the things it's seen or what it could have been. All the things it smelled. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wanted to talk a little bit about, uh, did you watch any of the AMAs? More no. specifically, Shania no. Twain's performance? No. It was really cool. I should have sent it to you, but this week's been a little crazy. Did she do old songs? Because her new songs suck. It was, uh, okay, so it started off real weird. So she came out, just her, and an acoustic guitar, Hmm. which you would never expect from her. And looking like it was going to be really cool. And, Mm -hmm. you know, she had her pink guitar, and she was all in pink, and she was Hmm. looking awesome. I feel like we haven't seen Shania Twain since, like, early 2000s. Like... (laughs) Uh, so she comes out and she does a medley of songs. These are the songs she did the medley on. She did Taylor Swift's Shake It Off. Huh. Drake's God's Plan. What? Post Malone's Rockstar and Stressed Out by 21 Pilots. Okay, I have to watch this. And then she closed it out on with, acoustic. On acoustic and she closed it out with her own song You're Still the One. Now, huh. this was honestly probably 2 minutes long, like this medley. Yeah, yeah, like she yeah. played probably 30 seconds of each song. Oh. If that and it was and weird. like what, like all in the same key and just uh, like continuing or like stopping? No, just moving. continuing straight oh, through. Cool. And I, I was like, this is so super weird. And then after that, then it just like mic dropped. Like the backdrop just came up. Everybody came out. All the dancers, like <laughs> you know, it just kicked into. I think uh, what she she did, any man of mine. Yes, um, right off the bat. That like, is like top five country songs of the 90s oh, for me. 100%. And it was a giant spectacle. Like there was all these like a million guy dancers out there. Like, huh. and uh, any men of hers. Yeah. Right. And they're just, oh, it was so awesome. Okay. okay I got it. I'm going to download this. I'm going to watch this as soon as we're done recording. Yeah. And then she did that. Don't impress me much. Uh, man, I feel like a woman. So yeah, I don't really get what the purpose. Has bed of your boots been under? She didn't know. Oh. But it was a good medley, like, and it just switched from song to song to song, mm-hmm. like with throwbacks to the videos, like oh, from cool. the, the outfits and everything, like the dancers would be wearing like the mom outfits. jeans and the wheat field. Well, no, it field. was more <laughs> like whatever was happening in the video. Those are the outfits that oh, they, I see, I see. they were wearing. Um, but yeah, man, it was so awesome. And the coolest part for me on this was watching like all the celebs in the crowd. They were going ape shit. Like <laughs> it just it kept cutting to Taylor Swift. And she was losing her mind. She was singing every single lyric to every single song. And it was, she had no, it was like she was not trying to put on any persona at that point in her life. She was like fangirling out hard. And it was so cool to see Taylor Swift just losing her shit like that. And it was like she just forgot about where she was. And a lot of artists, or a lot of like people in the crowd. She forgot, that, forgot about her Tribeca loft. Yeah, all of that. <laughs> And everybody that they cut to was like that. There was just random people dancing around like crazy. But you need... I will send you this video. I, actually, I posted it on our um, on our Twitter. Was uh, Post Malone. He really stole the show on this one. Because during one of her songs, 
he was absolutely losing it. He was out of his seat and he was kind of in like a front row area. Yeah. So he had a bunch of space and he was dancing with like a big drink in his hand <laughs> yes. and he was all dressed up. Like, I don't know. He's a weird dude. Like, yeah. I don't know much about Post Malone. I don't claim to, but I kind of love him for this. I, I really like his music too. <laughs> well, he was singing every lyric and he was doing these funny moves where he'd like turn back his head to the stage and then turn his head back to, to the camera. And, like <laughs> he obviously knew he was on camera yeah. and he was like kind of almost like, half like line dancing half like and i'm dancing as i'm doing this and yeah i mean it was really funny like check it out on uh, our twitter I, I posted just a clip of him uh, of him dancing it's a uh, country underscore podcast is our twitter so yeah check that out the post malone dancing scene from the amas watching shania twain was like it, it felt like everything was right in the world nice <laughs> well i uh I can't, I can't wait to watch that what do you got? What's uh, what's sticking in your craw? What's getting you excited? What's happening? Hopefully, what's sticking in your craw isn't getting you excited. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Uh, I don't know. Not not much. I uh, something else I've been thinking a little bit about since a couple episodes ago when I forget what what came up, but we were we were talking about cowboy hats, and uh, been, I've been been thinking on this and fleshing it out a little oh, bit. Oh boy. Yeah. So. <laughs> And it's because all, all I'm seeing nowadays is all these people wearing these flat brim cowboy hats. You know what I'm talking about? Old man yells at cloud. <laughs> exactly. Old man <laughs> yells at cloud. And and so it got me to thinking about how wh- you can pretty much tell what kind of like country act or persona or somebody is by the brim of their hat. And so I decided to see if I could kind of write this out and categorize it somewhat and i came up with four general categories oh my god Mm -hmm. this is what you spent all your time researching (laughs) this was at the coffee shop this afternoon (laughs) scrawling down a couple notes as i look through instagram for inspiration (laughs) so the first aforementioned flat brim hat which i will call the americana or instagram girl hat um, would be characterized by the big, round, very flat felt brim. You know these things. You've seen this before. Uh-huh. Yeah. And you don't really see them in straw. And they uh, usually uh, not a cattleman crown, but like a, a pinched front kind of, you know, like more of a fedora sort of thing. But they're like felt? Is that the ones we're talking about? Yeah, yeah. They're all okay. felt and gotcha. they're like s- like really round and very flat. And then You know kinda- you're going to have to do an infographic for this, right? Oh yeah, I probably should. <laughs> Anyways, continue. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that'll be easier. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll put that up in the next couple of days. I'll figure <laughs> something out. And uh, anyways, there's somewhere between like a fedora or like a a bigger bowler hat or a cowboy hat somehow, uh, primarily worn by hipsters and those people in like country adjacent categories, like folk country, alt country. And you don't see many like honky tonk like country people wearing that uh, unless you're like Doc Holiday in Tombstone wearing like that kind of like very flat. Yeah. Uh, That's a good reference, actually. Yeah, I feel like he's the OG of that style, but since then it's been much more of a Americana thing. Country adjacent. Country adjacent. Did you make that up? Yeah, that's really good. Oh yeah, country adjacent. I like that. This is the uh, most pending. I feel like this is one of the the best researched things you've ever done. <laughs> if only you were this passionate. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> All right, give us the rest of the hats. Anyways, uh yeah, you see this mostly in like indie folk zones and uh or or by these like 
you know, like the cookie cutter blonde influencer type of ladies that always are super posed and like catching that pose where they're like brushing their hair behind their ear while kind of looking down or holding like a pumpkin or a latte or something and then have this like round flat brim hat placed on the back of their head and they're like kind of country and it's like or the very hipster dudes that have like twirled out mustachio mustaches or like a big beard and then but they're like but are they trying to say they're any way shape or form country or were they just influenced by country's influence on culture i don't know and that's that's the the interesting question because they, they like five three even three two years ago you didn't see these things at all and now like everybody and their girlfriend is wearing one particularly their girlfriend and it's i don't know it's where did these things come from and it's like also americana didn't used to exist as a thing and now it seems like they're all wearing these flat brim hats it was so funny i was uh texting with my wife the other day and i forget who the artist was somebody uh, like a Canadian folk indie artist that's going to be around here in, in the early new year, Joshua, somebody, maybe Josh Bryant or somebody, I, I don't know. And so, <laughs> <That> sounds, <laughs> yeah, so exactly. It's, it's like you just used the new country name generator. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it also comes with a, with a clothing stylist option that like spins through like a slot machine. You've landed on, hipster beard and flat brim hat (laughs) and also like a black vet like a suit vest um and his name is mcdermott Smythe. yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) and there's banjo and lap steel in his his uh breathy fall themed music anyways um so yeah, she texted me this and I was I popped it up on Spotify and was listening to it. And I was like, yeah, definitely sounds like the kind of guy that wears a flat brim hat. And then uh, she's scrolling through his feed is like, no flat brims. Oh, wait. And then she sends me a picture. It's like, exactly. Like you can tell who, who these, who, who these guys are. Are we still on the first hat of your four hat? Yes. Jesus. <laughs> I got other things to talk about, man. <laughs> I thought we were done. <laughs> We're we're going on the low-hanging fruit here now. Okay, I got one more thing to wrap it up with, so finish your hats. All right, all right. Hat number two. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to check out here. Well, you'll, you'll, you'll like this one. It's the, uh, the white trash redneck hat or the uh, trailer trash redneck hat. Why are you looking at me so? Because your cowboy hat fits into this category. <laughs> no, it doesn't. All right, let me, let me, let me you say. You calling it. me trailer trash, boy? <laughs> Not whatsoever. <laughs> I know your house is very nice and not a trailer. Um, so these are the hats you see on the predominantly see on the men and women at music festivals where they look the, like they bought them at a gas station or won them as a prize in their case of Bud Light. Um, they're most often straw hats, but you don't really see them in felt unless they're the crushable kind. Thank you. <laughs> Um, generally characterized by like that thick brown straw that's rolled up really tightly on the sides and pushed down a lot in the front and the back, often with a string that either hangs under your chin or like tied up over the top. Um, often seen by guys stumbling around a Toby Keith concert with baggy jeans and like a tank top and 
or no shirt and like a six pack of beer looped onto their belt. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the guys I'm talking about. Yeah, man. Um, and mostly seen at like, or on famously seen on like Toby Keith, Hank three kid rock or, uh, Kenny Chesney too. Always wears a hat like that. You need to subcategorize these ones because the felt ones and the straw ones are not the same thing. Okay. Tell me why. Well, I'm just saying that, you know, this wasn't bought at like a, a dollar store. Oh, I know yours like, wasn't. No, no. And I'm not just specifically talking about mine, but it's like the crushable felt ones are still, they're like a, you know, they're a real hat. Define real. Like I know it exists. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I'm not just talking in the realm of existence. <laughs> I just mean that like they're not, a, you didn't get it at a gas station. You're not getting a crushable felt cowboy hat at a gas station i'm sure you i i know you didn't buy it at a gas station it did looks we i do i feel like we've lost 95 to 98 percent of the listeners at this point <laughs> <laughs> all right shall we move on well finish your last two hats okay quickly uh so the next one would be like the traditional western like a, a, a cowboy cowboy hat um that have lots of variations on the type of curbs curves um mostly wider open brims pushed up on the sides to whatever degree with like a cattleman crown and a center crease um and you can see them in straw or felt but they 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 play on a bit more western cowboy aesthetics historically and famously think of like george Strait or alan jackson or more modernly uh recently like what cody johnson john party Justin Moore, or even Dustin Lynch wears. You know, you, you know Dustin Lynch. Uh, I do. <laughs> yeah, like terrible music. Like he's the the worst. Like it looks nothing part of a or is nothing part of like a real country conversation. But he rocks a damn good cowboy hat, and it's like a real contrast to the type of music he makes. Um, but seems like maybe the only country thing about him. Anyways, and uh, lastly, like the retro taco brim. So this is a bit more of an old school or somewhat more formal type of look. Uh, it's not often seen in straw hats, um, at least not in a classy way. It's a bit more of a dressed up uh, felt fur look, uh, usually with a cattleman crown and crease, but the sides of the brim are pushed up pretty high so as to look kind of like a taco shell. So a full taco is pushed up really tight on the sides, but there's also half taco and relaxed taco. <laughs> I love relaxed tacos. Uh, and th- those are a thing too. And th- th- this you see uh, like famously on guys like Ernest Tubb, where he's got like it kind of placed sort of sideways on his head with like the, the big brims up on the side. Did or- you make up this taco thing or is that actually terminology? No, man. Yeah. Okay. So when I first heard about it, so I I had a couple pictures of uh, the type of cowboy hat that I wanted on my phone when I went uh, maybe like five years ago, wanted to get a new hat when I was in Calgary. And there's a really great hat maker there called Smithbilt. Ever heard of these guys? No. Oh yeah. They're like old school and they're like the hat guys in Alberta. And um, which is like one of the most Western country rodeo places in North America with the Calgary stampede and everything, they have just so many people coming through there that they probably do the majority of their business in and around that, uh, pushing taco, taco hats out the, 
Well, so, yeah, exactly. selling like taco hats. So I had I had went to a couple stores around here and in various other parts of the province here in Ontario, and everyone's like, "Oh, well, I don't know about that," and like, uh, like everybody's just kind of humming and hawing about it, not really knowing what to do, uh, how to shape the brim. And so when I was in Calgary, I went into Smithbilt, and it was actually the owner that uh, was there that day, and I pulled it up on my phone. I was like, "Yeah, I'm looking for something like this." And he looks at it and goes, oh, yeah, no problem. That's uh, just a taco brim with a mule kick. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Or I think he said even more so. It was like, oh, that's a cattleman crown on the taco brim with a mule kick. And I was like, man. If someone told me that in a bar, I'd be like, yeah, give me that drink. I want that drink. Dude, I can't believe. That's exactly what I was about to say. It was like, that sounds like a cocktail more than anything. That's what I told him. I laughed. And I was like, man, that sounds like a cocktail. Like a, a taco real brim good, and a, a mule kick. One. Yeah, totally. So that's uh, and a mule kick is like when the front of the the crown is pushed in as well. You know how like on a cattleman you have at the top the two sides yeah. are pushed in, and then if you push in a little bit in the front as well too. So you have essentially like three sides being pushed in the front and the two sides. That front is called a mule kick. So it leaves you a little pool up there for your um, your nacho dip, and then you put nacho, your nachos. Nacho, 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 <laughs> man. I was setting you up for that one. <laughs> <laughs> well played. Wow. But yes, so it is the thing, taco brim. What would that drink be? It would be like, a, I guess it would be something tequila-based. It would have to be, but <laughs> I, I think it would come in a Moscow mule uh, glass. That would cup. make a lot of sense, too. Yeah. And so then maybe bar- like once you're done with it, the bartender just smacks you in the face with the with the the brass. Yeah, yeah. it's brass, right? Yes, it <laughs> the is brass, brass mug. Yeah. Anyways, so <laughs> th- those those are my uh, my four categories, general categories of hat. And sometimes you see them like crossover in between. I was thinking about this, like like Brad Paisley or Tim McGraw. Like those two guys wear like nice cowboy hats that are like straw high quality straw, either Stetsons or Resistols, but then they have them like crumpled up on the sides, like rolled up and like pushed down. And it's like, well, folks, this has been Cowboy Hat Weekly. Uh, <laughs> we are your hosts, Andrew and Sean. On NPR, Texas. <laughs> Come back next week where we discuss types of cowboy hat materials, where they come from and their history. Boy, howdy. <laughs> this is the Fort Worth NPR. <laughs> All right. So what <laughs> I'm just going to dive right out of this subject with no segue. Um, what I wanted, we touched on this. <laughs> we touched on this at some point. No segue. Next joke. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I heard a comedian on the radio the other day in the middle of her set <laughs> just <laughs> gives one joke, stops, goes, no segue. Next joke. <laughs> goes right into it i mean that that was like one of the best laughs she got the whole time (laughs) that in itself is the segue right exactly and it's a great joke no segue (laughs) next joke joke. i like it um we i don't remember if we talked about this on air or if it was just us rambling to each other but i had mentioned that bobby bones uh had some sort of defense uh about garth brooks winning entertainer of the year at Mm -hmm. cmas uh instead of carrie underwood or um what am I drawing a blank on right now? Um, Eric Church. Eric Church. The chief. The chief. So, yeah. And and I remember I'd said I saw just like this news article. I didn't read it. It was just a headline saying Bobby Bones was like defending it. So then I, I finally looked it up. 
And because uh, it made it sound like he had a big, like some sort of big statistical defense <laughs> about this whole thing. And uh, I just wanted to resolve it is that like he, he had nothing. Like he said uh, on his radio show that anyone who vilified uh, Garth Brooks over this is out of their mind. And you know, I, I think that's fair. I don't think anyone was vilifying. Well, I wasn't. We weren't. No, we're not vilifying Garth Brooks. It wasn't his fault. Um, we were more vilifying like the awards the whole industry of it but uh so he goes on to say i was pulling for carrie to win entertainer of the year but if anyone else won they deserved it too because we looked at the stats he goes on to say um one of those people that bones thought uh, had a legitimate reason was garth brooks who he said is selling out football stadiums stadiums he's having number one records which did he have a number one record no well i think what he's saying because i looked into this and no so he's pretty much saying I mean, if you're going to say he's entertainer of, I don't know, the decade or of the time period that's happening, or if he's just a generally really good entertainer, no one's arguing that. But it's of the year. That's what it's clarified with, right? So it's about kind of what have you done for me lately? And you look at the stats of what Carrie Underwood did in the last year, and it's staggering. But... uh, and then he goes on to say, just in general, in life, you never help anyone by going up and knocking other people down. Uh, Garth's uh, absolutely deserved to win that award. First of all, he was voted on to win the award by thousands of people who vote for the CMAs. So in that context alone, Garth deserved to win. Uh, he goes on uh, to point out that no one else but Garth could sell out a 100,000-seat stadium in the country music industry. Um, um, <clears throat> George Strait. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> False, Mr. Bobby Bones. Like, he's just throwing. Yeah. <laughs> and again, I, I I think he played... I, I have it here somewhere. I, I think it was George like, Strait beat Garth Brooks' record at the Houston Rodeo for attendance. Yeah, and I, I'm fairly... It wasn't that... Didn't Garth Brooks have the record from way back when? And then Cardi B beat him at the <laughs> uh, Houston Rodeo? And then George played after her at the Houston rodeo and beat her by like <laughs> a couple hundred or a thousand or something. I love all of that. Yeah. Everything you just said to me, I love. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like Cardi B's outfit for that. Like, Oh man. <laughs> so good. But yeah, uh, I don't know. It's just, I, I think like he put Garth Brooks, I think played like 11 shows or something in the last year. It was something crazy low like that. So again, yeah. it's just like, uh, you know, he go, he's going on to see that you know, say that unless people they're are, giving it to him because he did something different for a superstar to go and do like surprise dive bar tours. Yeah, like that was a cool idea, but does it deserve Entertainer of the Year? I don't know. Well, he just says uh, he would understand if someone thought Brooks had won so much in the past that he didn't need another win. Um, and then he kind of said that Brooks sort of made up for it, and he recognized other artists in his acceptance speech with. I don't think he really did. He just gave a couple of... Well, he, like, he didn't even talk about Carrie Underwood no. who was standing right beside her. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like, super I think awkward. that's one reason why people were so upset. Not only that he won, but, like, he seemed... And I'm sure he didn't mean to, but he seemed to be snubbing her. But she's right beside you. <laughs> which makes the snub that much more apparent. <laughs> like, it's not like you'd be like, oh, I forgot about her. Yeah. <laughs> she's right there. Anyways. <laughs> she gave him the award. Or I don't know if she <laughs> handed it to him, but... And just the last thing I'll throw out here is just like he, Garth Brooks won Entertainer of the Year in 91, 92, 97, 98, 2016, 2017. So it's not 2017? like... 2017? Yeah. 
Huh. So it's it, I could see if it's been a decade since he got it, and they wanted to just he's been doing some stuff in the last five His to six years. Record was called Fun. <laughs> like he like. He, <laughs> who there's? Uh, what do people like? I heard it. Well, you know, Garth. People like fun. Do you, do you, you think we should call it? We should call it fun. Yeah, because yeah. it's what we're gonna have, right? <laughs> yeah, man. Let's go. I'm, I'm into it. I you, you into it? Yeah, I'm into it. All right, it's called fun. I forget where I heard it, but I loved it. It was so funny. Uh, it was on another podcast or an interview. I think it, it originally came from a comedian who was talking about uh, Garth Brooks and how out of touch he is. Like he's so ridiculously rich and just in a different world in music and entertainment that he's uh, like, "Hey Garth, uh, what's a beer cost?" Well, I don't know, like thirty grand. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Well, on that note, um, speaking of, well, I was going to say speaking of out of touch, but I feel like Shania Twain kind of just got back in touch with her whole AMA medley of random celebrities. We should watch that video. I really want you to watch that video of her performance and also of Post Malone dancing because you're going to love it. All right. Let's do that. All right. Hold on. Hold on. Before we go, we always, always forget <laughs> Apple reviews. We're, we're getting better. We didn't actually forget this time. We're, we, we came back to it. But yeah, uh, Apple Reviews. Uh, if you like the podcast, go on there. Um, even if you're not listening to it on Apple, if you could go on to Apple and give us a five-star review or a rating, sorry, and then you know give us a review if you want to. Um, Let us know what you like or don't like about it. Just throw us some honest feedback, a comment, and uh, help us out. And it, it does it does help a lot. It uh, pushes us into, I guess, the algorithm, as you would call it. And uh, yeah, it takes two seconds. Just pop on there. I've been doing this thing where uh, anybody that I um, am talking to in person, I just steal their phone. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> and, uh, and just rate it, you know, five stars. It's real easy. It takes like two seconds. And then uh, we're everywhere else too. Uh, Andrew, you want to talk about our Instagram a little bit? You've been blowing that up. At Country Country Music. And, uh, yeah, have it. it's, so in the social media world, I mostly handle the Instagram and Sean mostly handles the Twitter. And so, uh, holler at us, get on the Twitter, let us know what you think. The Twitter machine, it's a country underscore podcast. I still can't believe we got that handle. That was pretty, that was a good score. Yeah. Um, it's perfect. Jump on there. I'm ranting about a lot of stuff and, uh, reposting some of our favorite artists and, uh, it's all super interesting. And also get on to, um, our Spotify, which is just country, country music, uh, as the podcast is spelled country dash country music. We, I think we don't mention this enough. We do companion playlists to every episode and, uh, we haven't done it in a little while though. Well, there's generally something for most episodes. It's true. I think we should do one that is like a general because with these country catch-up episodes we do like this, there's a lot of music we mentioned that doesn't necessarily go into a playlist. Maybe we should just do one continuous one that we just keep adding to for those reasons. Yeah, that's a good idea because yeah. I think a lot of people do that It's and it's continuously updated so you su can subscribe to it, but it won't. it's not like sh subscribing to a static yeah. um, playlist. Yeah. It'll have it's more things adding to it, yeah. Because we've had like our Nashville sound playlist and the outlaw and the Bakersfield and they kind of stay the same because those yeah. are the songs we talked about, but this would be something that would evolve. Let's get on that. Yeah, we should. Yeah. Cause I subscribe to a few of those too. And it's, it's always, it's always mm -hmm. different. I'm, I'm, I'm always subscribed. The uh, murder folk playlist. That's a, one of my personal <laughs> favorites. Of course it is. You'd hate it. <laughs>
All right, and on that note, let's uh, go watch some Shania Twain. Yeah, man, I want to show you that video. Let's have a beer and watch Post Malone. I might dance because it's infectious, his dancing. (laughs) I can't wait. All right, right, cheers, brother. Country, country music.